Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. Let's go! Let's go! Yeah, was that uh, in the main event when I was talking about... Um, the Scotsman coming in with the power, you just don't know. Was it is lower level, but I mean, he gets hit a bunch of times and then hit just drops him first round. You knew everybody was going to come in for violence, um, so that was just like I think it was like plus four hundred. That it was just for KL, right alone, and then I don't know what the first round prop was, but anyways, nuts. Um, what did you like about the? It was a completely different week of fights for Dana White Contender Series. Everybody just came in gun just blazing marshall was the pick um i sort of was on the other side of a, with a lot of people um and marshall just looked good his stand-up looked way like obviously i didn't see that stand-up coming his stand-up looked solid um little a little bit high up still but he has a good he has a good sense of his range so i mean mm -hmm. or sorry his distance sort of in his range so um, but you might want to take that chill a little bit i think some people will expose that but between that and his, his wrestling and his grappling man that guy's a problem for sure. The only thing I have to say about him, though, is it definitely showed a little bit of poor fight IQ where there's a couple times, like, in the first and second round especially, where he could have finished that fight, man. And, like, I'll admit I'm a little bitter because the only thing that didn't hit for me was that fight not going the distance. And it was, like, minus 400 or something stupid as it was. So, but, um, yeah, man, like, he looked super impressive. Props to his opponent who kept himself in there. Um, I don't know. The only one that I didn't like was uh, – the Ross fight. It's not the fact I didn't like it. It's just, I don't like the Anderson Silva style of showboating from his opponent. I thought he, like, he wasn't like, like he has some cool like moments, but really his striking is not very good. He's gonna get exposed really fast. Yeah, like I even um, said in one of my chats, man. That's it. Like that's an ultimate fade for me. Whenever like those kicks that he's yeah. doing were almost look like a Michael Jackson breakdown move, where he's just like tapping the ankle. I'm like, dude, like you do this against any elite striker, and they're gonna clean your clock, like. Well, he you. was doing like a soccer back kick, like he That's was doing it. a back kick behind. It was a back pass, like. Well, what's it going to do? It's going to expose back. yourself for a counter, like that's that's never going to get your opponent out of there, nor do any sort of damage. Yeah, I wasn't really overly impressed with him. I was more impressed with Ross in that fight. I actually thought they might even give Ross a contract just because he kept, like, he, he showed a chin, sure, but he was in it, like he was in it nonstop. Mm. He wasn't really wavering, like, and he, and he wasn't really, even though he was getting dropped, like he was, he was still you know, focused on the prize and, and he has some solid striking. He just, he was stepping and putting himself into some dangerous spots a little bit too much. So, um, but yeah, Dana White series was definitely entertaining, but let's take a look at the ultimate fighter finale. Tiago Santos against Jamal Hill. And, you know, you know, we'll start from the top, I guess. Uh, I'll let you take the, the, the run on this one. I think a lot of people know really what we're going to look at. We're going to see some volume and violence versus some lack of, of volume and violence, a potential of a, a one shot from Santos, but I'll let you take the lead on this one. And then I'll jump in with my thoughts. Yeah, what's the, sure, what's the line sitting at currently? Uh, right now, or right now, Jamal Hill sitting at a minus three fifteen with the return on Tiago Santos being a plus two sixty five, And um, I'll be the first to say, man, this line's wide. Like I think it's a little wider than it should be. I don't think we've really seen enough out of Jamal Hill to really justify this. Like, I have a lot of questions about if this fight gets extended, how is he going to look? 
like if you look at all of his fights, man, you go round one, round one, round one, round two. Like he definitely, other than his fight against uh, Dargo Stolfik, he hasn't really been extended that much in his career. And I know a lot of people are looking at like the KO and the first round KO. And like, I personally don't see it. Um, I suspect this fight to be more or less, if it's going to end, I see it ending late just because Thiago Santos, regardless if he has the volume nowadays, he still has the power. There's not a lot of guys that have come in there and finished him. I don't think he's ever even lost by KO. So, and I don't really think Jamal Hill's that guy to do it, to be honest. I do see Jamal Hill winning this fight. He'll definitely have the more pressure. He's definitely a more eager fight to be in there. But I don't think he's going to want to actually fully engage the way he has the other guys. Because as I said, like, Tego Santos will still clean his clock. He did the same thing to Ankoliev, right? Whenever Tego Santos and Ankoliev fought, in the second round, I believe it was, Ankoliev just thought he can take control, and he got hit with that big right hand, and he got put down. So I think the power side is still going to be on Tego Santos. And um, But as I said, I do lean Jamal Hill. I just think he's the younger, hungrier fighter. Tego Santos is 38. I feel like he's kind of fighting out his contract at this point. So... And just a sneaky little prop, like the Jamal Hill by decision is plus 500 right now. So, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think violence is ultimately one of the best spots here. If you can find a line, I don't know what the lines are sitting at currently right now, if you can take a look. But uh, violence, to some respect, is obviously the spot. And I think that we may get a little bit of room on those, maybe because of what happened in the last Santos fight against Jamal Walker or against uh, Walker. Um, but with Hill, I don't think he's going to respect him at all. I think he's going to march forward, and I think that that's where you're going to get a clash one way or the other. Uh, that being said, I, I think it is going to be Hill that's going to land way more shots. The volume is going to come in, and um, I don't think he's going to respect Santos too much. I think he's going to be able to stay out of trouble for the most part. And with and I know we always talk about the you know the knee surgeries and the having to learn how to walk again, all of these things, and and him coming back into um, his fight career and not being the same anymore. But he really is just sort of a, a waiting target with power. He's like a tower with a couple cannons left. I know I always use these weird ass fucking metaphors, but um, th- there's not much defense there left, man. Like he's got this swing, swinging hooks and chance of, of catching Hill, but I think Hill's just has nice straight shots. I think he's be able to mix it up and, and I just see uh, a Hill spot here. I think he's going to uh, put Santos at the pasture and I think that's it. But I think violence is the bet if you can find a line. So what are the lines currently sitting at? The uh, fight uh, doesn't go the distance right now. It's minus 325, plus 250 yeah. fight goes. Yeah, there's not much. Even uh, Jamal Hill by KO is minus 150. Okay. So and we'll, we'll have to take a look at maybe under, you know, maybe under two and a half or... Under two and a half is minus 185 right now. Yeah. I don't see it going longer than that, man. I don't think it's going to go longer than that. That could be maybe a parlay piece if you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. But, or you just look at the idea of Hill... Um, in a parlay piece with a, a hedge of Santos KO, if you really want to, yeah, I would stay away from that. I, I've started started to try to stay away from that a little bit more because I think it's just a little bit sloppy. Sometimes you just set up for the hedge too much, and you just spend. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so next fight in the card, we will jump to Vicente Luque against Jeff Neal. Um, with Vicente Luque and, and Neal, obviously, if this stays on the feet, that's going to give Neal. Um, his, his his chance to maybe want to try to put Luke out, but I I wouldn't really want to do that. He knows that he's going to want to try to take him down as well too. Um, but I I think that with what Neil's done in the past is he's going to really his his fight IQ is not quite where it needs to be at times. And I think that if he can try to press 
move you up against the cage, tire Luke out, make it a little bit dirty and scrambly that way. Up against the cage, dirty box, and, and mix it up that way with some strikes. It gives him a chance. Um, but I just think Luke, if it goes to the ground, is going to have a shot at a submission right away. On the feet is where you think you're going to see most of this play out, and I think that that's where Neil's going to get outclassed. I think Luke is just going to touch him up two to one. Um, not enough volume from Neil. We know that. So I just see either a probably a Luke decision or potentially Luke late sloppy submission uh, or a late TKO finish in the third round. So my my pick would probably be Luke third round and decision um, for this one. A little sloppy in the, you know, the entry to the, the breakdown of this fight. But I just think that Neil, um, he's going to have to try to mix in some wrestling, but not try to fully stay on the ground and be an idiot and drop into Luke's guard and play in that realm because that's just not, a, a, not where you want to be. Um, but we will see how it plays out. I'm not that big on Neil. I think this is a Luke spot, but I think the line is starting to creep wide. So I think whether you're going to go Luke decision or Luke third round and decision, um, that would be my play. Yeah, honestly, man, you kind of hit the nail on the head with this one. Um, I'm pretty high on Luke and myself in this. I think with Jeff Neal, he, although we all thought he might be an up-and-coming prospect, I just don't really see him as being that type of fighter anymore. I think Vicente Luque kind of is going to be better everywhere. He's got a one-inch reach advantage as well. He's got the more dynamic striking, and if it hits the ground, it's 100% goes in his advantage. Prop-wise, I don't really know how to play this one, to be honest. Because if you look at both guys, um, Luke lands almost six strikes per minute. Jeff Neal lands about five strikes per minute. Luke absorbs six strikes per minute, where Jeff Neal absorbs five uh, five um, strikes per minute. So they're both going to get hit. They're both going to get hit a lot. But I think the minus 180 on Vicente Luke is just, for me, it's a parlay piece. And I think it's just kind of the only way I tackle this one. Because as much as I think Vicente Luque wins, I really struggle on where I put it, which is why, for example, last week with Pantoja, like that submission was live, but prop wise is just, I looked at that fight, man. I'm like, I see this fight ending in all three ways. And that's how I feel about Vicente Luque in this spot, regardless if he chooses to take a more slow approach towards it, or if he goes out there guns blazing, or if he shoots a double leg and goes for his back right away. I don't know. So I like Vicente Luque. I think minus 180 is a better price tag than I think, or that I thought we should get on it. So, yeah, I think like even with I think it was a Pontinibio fight for Neil where he started throwing a little more volume, which actually brings his, his strikes per minute up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the case. Uh, it was against Pontinibio, but um, for him, I just don't see even if he brings that volume up, it still plays into um, what Luke wants to do. He wants the bang. He's got he's got a chin on him. So, like you're saying, I, th- I just think uh, Luke's got this covered in every every realm. Um, so I am with you on that one. Next fight on the card, we move on to the brother of um, who everybody is calling this GOAT, and they're pushing aside GSP still, and his title defenses aren't there yet. Man, he's not there yet, and I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to mark it, obviously, I guess, but Dana keeps talking about him being the best, but Kamaru Usman is not, uh, I don't know if he's, I would say he is the GOAT yet, not there in my books. What do you think? I think he's creeping there, but um, I definitely don't think he's there just yet. I think he's got a couple more to go. But it's hard to say, right? Completely different era, eras. I think with Kamar Usman, Kamar Usman needs to stop fighting these guys twice. You know yeah, I mean? that'll, that'll actually make a difference. See, if he has more, a little more of a, a strength of schedule in the way of just a little bit more of a variance. That's it. Like you guys, that'll make it. Like between Mazadol twice and Colby Covington twice, even if he has seven or eight title defenses, 
about 50% of them was fought against the same two guys. So it's, to me, it's hard to say where GSP, he fought everybody. So I think, yeah, as I said, he needs to, uh, pick up some he more ain't, wins. He ain't level. Um, <laughs> but that being said, neither is his brother. Oh my Lord. Is he not? Um, this is pretty clear cut as to why he made it the ultimate fighter. I can't see any, any reason why this is like a Diaz friend situation. Um, that made it on him to do, do the show and then onto the card. I watched tape. He's striking. Um, like there's some pressure there. We got some heavyweights, right? So when you have pressure and, and whatever else, you can maybe touch somebody. But his striking is so wide. Um, his hooks are so wide. His head is exposed. Um, I thought potentially that he had a chin. You know, I was like, oh wait a minute, he has a chin as I'm watching tape. And then obviously he gets clipped by sales and clipped by sales and, and watching that tape. And it's like, okay. Um, the chin's not there because he just lets volume of a heavyweight tag him. He leaves his head wide open, and you see him just taking one shot, two shots. So, and eventually those add up, and if you have a jaw, that's great. You may have a, actually have a jaw, but he's just not defensively sound at all. He's just coming up the middle, marching forward. Obviously, he's trying to shoot for takedowns as well, too, and that's going to be his only path to success potentially against Zach Pega. Um, is it Pega? Pega? Pega. I think so, yeah. Um. The one thing I noticed about Paiga is he, he's had some he had some decent th- uh, get up game. He did get stuck on the mat in some of the tape that I did see, um, but he's fishing for submissions as well too to try to get back to his feet. But on the feet, this is not even the same ball game. There's a, a wide out barroom brawler throwing punches down the middle against what would be a skilled boxer that's in the bar at the same time. There's gonna be five shots to one landed, and that one it's, I don't even know if that's gonna land. Um, so he's just going to get, I'm, I'm not saying that he's a skilled boxer. That's not what I'm saying, but he has straight down the pipe shots. Um, his, his stand-up game is pretty solid. Um, so I just think that, I think that Zach's going to run away with this one, either to decision, because um, he may get stalled up a little bit here or there, but he's just going to land the bigger shots or um, by KO. But what is the decision prop? Because I actually sort of like that. Only plus 150. Eh, yeah, they see it too, I guess. But yeah. Um, yeah, let me just reiterate. I'm not saying that he is this crazy, amazing boxer, but his, his striking is just much cleaner. And I think that Usman's going to make him look like a boxer. Um, and really, I just don't see it going anywhere the other way. I don't know if you see anything else that you could see. Maybe Usman gets to take down early and figure something out on the ground, but I just don't see it, man. I think he's going to end up getting gassed out and potentially the, the third round or just be sloppily beat up all the way to the end of the decision. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think uh, Usman's major win condition is going to be the KO. I don't foresee him getting a decision in the spot because with Zach, he's going to be outlanding him, as you said, like five to one. His boxing is a lot crisper. He's a lot more technical with the striking, where once again, as, as you said, like you hit the nail on the head with this one. Usman just throws real wild shots. And even if he shoots those power double legs and he gets it down early, I feel like he's going to gas later down the stretch. Where with Zach, most of his wins are coming by decision. So I'm, I'm on Zach on this one. Um, I think he probably gets it done. I think he probably gets it done by decision, but it's a little bit dice here. There is kind of a cool prop on Battle Line where they're doing point spreads now, where Zach Pega is minus 3.5 points. So, you know, coming okay. out with different ways to tackle these things, I guess. And but, um, on Bodog, is it up yet for third rounder decision? Probably not yet. Uh, give me two seconds. I'll check it out. Yeah, because I mean that's possibly a play I look at as well too. It's either a late finish from just a gas from Usman, and he's able to do what he wants to him at any at will, um, and or a decision. A decision is definitely the I think the strongest play though. 
Yeah, for sure. Like I definitely see him just outboxing him, getting him frustrated. And once again, like maybe that could lead to the KO because Usman maybe will start throwing a little bit more wild. But um, I think he definitely gets a decision in the spot. I'm just pulling this up right now. It says they got 10 bets available. Yeah, round wins by round three decision, plus 150. I uh, see. I sort of like that spot. Sort of gives you a, a, a little bit of an out if it finishes late. But I think decision is likely to play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. uh, next fight on the card, Brogan Walker against Juliana Miller. I don't have a hot take on this one. Um, tried to watch as much tape as I could. With Brogan Walker seems to be a little bit more well-rounded, um, more so than Juliana Miller. And we know this. We think the idea is she's more of a grappler. She's going to come in and, and try to get this to the ground as fast as possible. Um, but, I mean, it's more of a – it's a grinder grappler against a – a decent striker who's shown that she can gas a little bit and potentially let you get back in the fight. I mean, this is small sample size. It's pretty lower level. It's pretty hard. And, and I, I think I only had a hotter take on the heavyweight fight in this lower level situation for that fight too, was more because it was a Usman's brother. Um, it just was really sloppy to watch. I just really hard to get a take on this one. I think that it's best to maybe just go with the dog. I think Miller right now is dog money still. I think the line might be moving, but what's the line sitting at? Uh, right now the line is sitting at... One second here. It's sitting at what did thing go? Um, minus one away for Walker and minus one twelve for Miller. So it's essentially a pick them at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's potentially even a stay away or maybe over a one and a half, but um, I'm sorry, over two and a half. But uh, for me, it's just tough, man. I I I, I could see this fight if you were to have them fight each other in the cage with the tape that I saw. If you had them fight 10 times, it's like almost 50-50. It's almost down down the middle how this plays out. Um, I, I think the Bro Brogan Walker being a little bit more well-rounded probably likely is a better bet for decision. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I think that's maybe where I would lean with this one, maybe Walker by decision. But uh, what, what's your take on this? Like I said, I don't really have a hot take on this, so don't really listen to me on this one. But uh, what is your take on this one? Damn, man, this goes against everything I believe in, man. It's low level and it's women's MMA. <laughs> so okay, well, let's not get crazy now. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, like this thing with Walker, right? This is kind of a striker versus grappler type situation for me. I think that Walker will be able to land the better strikes on the feet. She's just a little bit more technical. Where with Miller, I feel like if she gets it to the ground, then it's definitely in her world. With Walker, you saw her do really good on the Ultimate Fighter, but there was that one fight where she looked good for the first round and a half, and then spent the third round with her back in, uh, with her back on back control position. So she almost got subbed in that spot. Um, as I said, even the over is minus three thirty. The only thing I would touch on this would maybe be Miller by submission at plus five hundred as a sprinkle because I feel like if she gets it down early and often, then the submission is going to be live, especially if she's the one that's making Walker work. But other than that, I wouldn't really touch this fight. There's just so many variables. One's like two and one with a six fight amateur career. Like it's just there's not a big enough sample size here to really get a confident read on it. All right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, um, don't take my word on it. Go with a little bit more lean with what you're saying about it. But uh, for me, I, I would just stay away from it altogether. It mm -hmm. feels like a Dana White contender series spot that I don't want to touch. <laughs> and yeah, I get it. It's Ultimate Fighter. But who watches that anymore? Okay. Um, next fight on the card, we have 
Augusto Sakai against Sergei Spivak. Um, this is going to be likely an under situation. I don't know what the under is actually set for. I don't know what the fight doesn't go is set for, but it's probably juiced up pretty decently. So when the under situation would, would be probably if you're you're going to bet uh, like a round prop um, would likely be the play. We have um, Sakai coming off of a three-fight uh, losing streak to Tiovasa, Rosenstrike, and Overeem, all pretty solid people, but that would lead me to believe, and I'm not 100%, that he's got knocked out in all three of those fights. So mm. um, with that coming in against somebody who's going to look to take him down as many times as possible, uh, averages about three, just under uh, about three and a quarter uh, takedowns in a fight. Um, you're going to see Speedback look to take down um, Sakai and just smash the shit out of this man on the ground. And uh, while Sakai's style is more, he's going to march you down and come in with his strikes. Um, I think he's just going to play into uh, a couple big shots, a level change, and he's going to get dropped on the, on his ass as many times as it's going to take uh, for Speedback to finish this um, and, and call it a day. I think, yeah, you can maybe go because it, it's, the big boys that you can go with a uh, shot in Sakai as a dog if you want to by KO, but really I think Speedback is going to just take him down as, as much as possible. Um, you're going to probably at least at least get two takedowns probably before it's finished. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think Sakai is on his way out. I don't really like Sakai's grappling. I don't really like his striking man. I find he's very sloppy in what he throws. Um, as much as Speedback has shown weaknesses in the past, I think he's the better all around fighter. And even on the feet, I feel like he can keep it um, – he can really keep it close. But I'm with you. Like, I think he just takes him down and probably smashes him. I think it happens early and often. The under 2.5 right now is sitting at minus 165, and I don't hate that at all because I feel like somebody's going to get clipped within the first two rounds. I would assume a speedback um, ground and pound, but could go uh, either way. If it stays standing, Sakai could also land the big shot. As you said, they're big heavyweights, so – They'll be throwing leather for sure. Okay, next fight in the card, we have Ariana Lipsky against Priscilla. Catches everything, the kitchen sink, the car, the everything on her jaw. It is possibly the most absorbed punches land or, or, or most punches absorbed in per minute um, out of any fighter on the UFC roster. She actually absorbed 7.91 strikes per minute. She lands 4.4, so it's not even worth the squeeze. Like, she's not getting a five and a half or a six that maybe makes it worth it at all because she has power. She's almost 50% less. She is 50% less. So she's go marching forward. She's getting two to one hit every fight. And for me, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> – it's going to be fun to watch. I know that a lot of people don't believe uh, in uh, Lipsky, but I think this is a spot for her. I think she's just going to tag the shit out of Kachwara in the spot. I could see this maybe being a spot for you to jump uh, on the other side against me, but <clears throat> there is power in Kachwara's hands. Um, she may touch Lipsky up a little bit, but I just don't. And I know she's game, and I know she's just willing to go forward, but it's just going to play right into Lipsky's hands. I think we're going to see like a nice, potentially even finish, man. Um, but what's the lines currently sitting out with this one? Uh, Lipsky is sitting at minus 171 with the return on Priscilla, uh, plus 146. Yeah, I mean, you can only take so many strikes, whether it's women's MMA, whether it's heavyweights, whether it's lightweights. And I just think that Lipsky's 
has the kind of striking that could really potentially finish this fight. Um, I don't know if that's a take or not, but um, definitely would lean Lipsky in this fight. Uh, what's your take on this one? Yeah, we're going to be on the same side on this one again, man. I don't really think much Priscilla. I think she's kind of a walking punching bag. Um, and I feel like she wins fights whenever she does. It is because her opponents can't get her out of there. Uh, we've seen Lipsky win by submission. She has a couple of TKOs on her record as well. Her striking's crisp. It's definitely crisper than Priscilla. So you got to really ask the question, like, where does Priscilla really win minutes in this fight? And the only way she wins minutes is probably by bullying her and outstriking her. But as you just said, absorbing nine strikes per minute isn't something that's ever going to look good to the judges. And Lipsky does have the striking credentials to put it on her. So uh, I think the lines for him, man, this card does kind of worry me because there's a lot of spots and a lot of favorites I like, but the lines aren't overly blown up. Like minus 170, like I feel like this line should be wider. I'm questioning why. But yeah. I think Ariana I mean, all day. I think Brian Pan has a win that's not a win over Kim. <laughs> she has um, a win over Gina Mazzani. Fuck, who cares? Um, <laughs> against Dobson. I mean, are we, are we, what are we talking about here? And she lost. Is that Luana Carolina I'm looking at? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just saying uh, she's going to catch everything in and around her, her jaw piece. She's going to sleep potentially. If not, it's going to be a like two to th- or three to one striking affair that is going to make Lipsky look really good. Um, not going in heavy on it regardless because I just – I got to be careful. I don't want to get Anthony Smith this week, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I said it, there was value there. I wasn't I wasn't saying go all in on it. Anyway. I don't think you know what the biggest problem last week is me, I'm sure you and every other fucking capper put t- put low level heavyweights on the top of our card. I don't uh, want to talk about that either. Thank you like, for bringing that up though. I would see I was <laughs> glad that we didn't do a recap, but um yeah, no, yeah, I think we all I think, I think for the most part most most people didn't go high uh heavy on the Smith situation or even talking about it. As a good dog, they stayed away from it. No one wanted to touch it for those reasons. That look how that played out. Um, but yeah, Maze was a, a trap for everyone last week. Yeah. Boy, was that a trap from little Egyptian Daniel Cormier. Um, yeah. Okay, so next fight on the card, we have the man who knows who is on the Epstein flight list. The man who knows where the body's buried. The guy who, I don't know what, but he's, he's got to know exactly every secret that every exec has done and to still be fighting in the UFC. Sam Alvey, um, all jokes aside, I think this is his last fight in this contract that he, he got sort of a, a gimme contract recently um, against Michael Ojechuk, um is going to get tagged up really badly in this fight. Um, I actually, I'm going to pull up the stats right now, but we know what uh, Olajechuk does. That man marches forward um, and he has some solid boxing man i love i love watching this guy go he just comes forward and he lands big shots um and he just applies pressure so if we're looking at um this matchup it's just not this is a bad matchup for lv we have a guy who um lands 4.75 he absorbs 4.27 and michael j chuck and lv his output only just came up i think in his last fight before that his output wasn't hasn't been there for a long time he sits back throws from his hip waits for you to throw to catch you with these big hooks um, and unless he comes out with some crazy, I'm about to lose my contract. Um, I, I just don't know, man. I, I think this fight likely will finish inside the distance, no matter what way it goes. And it's probably juiced up at this point. Um, 
but I know that old J Chuck right now is like minus 700 or minus 800, something stupid like that. It's creeping. Um, so it's really the, the fight's untouchable at this point, unless you're going dog. Um, and you can do what you want with that, but I've, I've, I've learned my lesson on going Sam LV dog, staying away from that. But the whole narrative of it being his last fight, if he wants to fight desperate, I mean, it could be there. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Um, so I wouldn't hate anybody if they wanted to go that way and paint that narrative and, and um, make it work for themselves, but I'm just not touching it. What about you? Yeah, minus 700, man. You can't get near that. Uh, I think it's fair. Sam Alvey said this is his last fight regardless. UFC will not sign another contract with him. Thank God, because this is going to probably be a seventh straight loss. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard to find a spot in this one, too, though, because Sam Alvey doesn't generally get finished. You think he probably will in this spot. The KO is sitting at a minus 110. There's definitely value there from the minus 700 for sure. Um, and then uh, Michelle by points is plus 185. So I like the KO. I think it's probably live to happen. Like I'm assuming Sam Alvey's on his way out, despite what he's saying, that he's going to get the KO on his way out and right off in the sunset. But I like Michael, I like Michael by KO. But I don't, I don't think I can get myself around to betting this fight just because I don't no. see an angle I'm confident in. Maybe even if I'm doing two parlays, maybe I'll put minus one ten plus one eighty five in another one. But these would just be all really random takes at this point. Okay, next fight in the card we have Terrence McKinney against Eric Gonzalez against. Uh, you know, this is a situation of who's going to outlast who. We know that McKinney is minus one thousand right now. Um. I don't really get it because although he has all the skills and if he matches two up against each other, sure, he, he should beat him handily with some wrestling, some some ground and pound, maybe TKO. That's fine. But this man has shown time and time again. He is unreliable when it comes to getting hit. Um, he gets hit. He's coming in there, press, 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 press. He's landing and then he just gasses, just dumps it all out. So I, I get it that it's Dober. Dober doesn't go away. Fine, everybody can you know talk about that, but I'm just Terrence McKinney scares me, his gas tank scares me. Um, so I, I don't get the line itself. Um, I think likely he will get Gonzalez out of there, but I just don't see it being so wide. Um, so if, if somebody wants to take a shot on the dog, do it up, but I, I don't I don't think that's a wise play. In the one fight that Eric Gonzalez has had in the UFC, he only landed about uh, three shots per minute and absorbed six. So and that was against uh, Jim Miller who KO'd him in what the second round, I think that was. So, I mean, the sample size is sort of useless. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what's your take on this one, man. I just feel like with what I saw um, from McKinney against Dober and in times in other fights too, he's just, although it, like he, he comes through and just destroys people, I just don't see this line being so crazily wide um, and legitimately wide. Yeah, no, it's, and I agree with what you're saying, man, because, if this fight gets extended, Terrence could definitely be in some trouble. Um, and I definitely think like Terrence McKenney for me is a fade in the future. It's just, I don't really think this is, if this is the fight once yeah. again, it's not like I'm going to run to the window to lay minus 1000 on him either though. But um, yeah, like Terrence is going to win this fight, man. I'm pretty confident in that it's just a matter of how you want to play it. Like even Terrence McKenney round one is minus 200. Like, yeah. there's no there's no value at all left on this. Like, um, 
McKenny by KO is plus 120. McKenny by decision is plus 125. But you put two of the two together, they're smarter than that. It's minus 400. So Terrence McKenny's going to win this fight, man. It's just, <laughs> I don't know exactly how he's going to do it, you know. I'm assuming it's going to be by submission. I don't think he's even going to bother entertaining the striking. But I could be wrong, man. This dude likes to come out and throw bombs just the same. And really, I mean, I guess the one thing you could look at is what Dober did in his last fight. You could you could sort of make a case for um, his loss against Dober doesn't look as bad. But I don't know. I'm going to stay away from that. Obviously, I, I know everybody will. But uh, <laughs> even trying to fade him, it's going to be toxic. Like trying to fade him or, or, or back him, it's just going to be weird. So next fight on the card, we have your favorite nickname, your favorite fighter, Brian Pooh Bear Battle. Against Takashi Sato. Um, so we have Brian Battle coming in, um, formerly of the Ultimate Fighter. And Battle, um, so far, I mean, I think it's only two fights in the UFC so far, but he has landed seven strikes versus absorbing um, just on, well, about, well, or about four and a half strikes per minute. And we know with the style, he sort of comes in, even karate style, almost at points, throwing some kicks, some sidekicks, some teeps to keep you away. Um, and then also has some grappling as well, too. Obviously, is uh, I don't know if he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but he's up there in his belts in jiu-jitsu. Should have looked into that. Um, but I don't think that's going to be something that we're going to have to look at in this fight anyways. I think that this fight's going to predominantly be staying on the feet. I think he's going to be able to use some of his size and his leverage to keep it on the feet, even if he's pressed against the cage. I know that Sato's not going to really want to take it there anyways. Um, and as they stand, Sato, like, he throws 2.28 um, strikes per minute, and he's absorbing um, double. So, I mean, I just think this is going to be a, a battle decision. Um, that's probably one of my strongest plays of the week, something that's already been hammered. Um, battle decision or battle maybe even third round um, and decision is one I always like to sort of crutch on, but I think a battle is going to walk with the decision here. I don't think it's really a, a hard um, – like you don't have to be a genius to see it um, on the feet. I just see that he's going to be able to stay out of trouble with Sato. And, and I know a lot of people are actually looking at Sato as a, a live dog here. I don't see it. I think battle wins. Um, a little bit more athletic. He'll be able to push the pace of the cardio and just do what he's got to do, land volume, and walk away with the W. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I think Battle is just going to be able to ride it out. Uh, with Sato, like, his win condition is the KO. That's the uh, that's kind of the reality of it. Although he beat Jason Whip by ground and pound, you really got to flick the guy's chin, and we'll be talking about that in a minute to put him out. Um, his losses to, like, Bilal Muhammad and stuff like that, like, whatever that's – you know, it is higher level competition than battle by a very long stretch. But as a battle strike, he's just that much better. Like, Sato is going to have to come in and land the strike. Battle's a big dude. And realistically, battle could take this to the ground as well if he wants to. So, and we've all seen um, Sato get exposed on the ground. So, I'm on battle. I like the decision. I don't like the fact that it's minus 125 because to me, that's a little bit juiced for this type of fight, especially the low level experience of battle. But might be a parlay piece. Okay. Next fight in the card, we have the the Lord of the Shadow Realm, the man who's lived there more than most, um, the man with the dustified, rustified chin, the none other than Jason Witt. Um, everybody's making their versions of jokes this week, and this man's, this man's chin is just, it's something to bet against. Right. Like that's just almost the play. You got to look at who he's fighting and to see if they have some striking potential. We have some juice on the other side. Um, I don't know what the juice is right now, but we have 
Um, Quinlan coming off of a suspension for steroids, but this guy came in and, and made a point in his fight, um, landing 16 strikes per minute. So I don't know how long that fight lasted. Um, it was something I didn't get to tape, but for me, I, I just, uh, I would remember when Quinlan had won that fight, but for me, uh, I'm just going to fade the chin of wit. I, I don't think that even if he were to get a takedown or two in, in this fight, cause he lands about, you know, just under seven takedowns in the fight. I just think he's going to get clipped at some point. I, I don't think he's going to really do much with the takedowns. I think Quinlan's going to be able to get back up. And I think at some point um, that chin gets just shattered. Um, the glass canoe. Fuck. Yeah, man. I think that's the deal. So I think uh, Witt gets finished in this fight. I think it's pretty simple to call. Um, I don't know what the lines are currently sitting at for KO for Quinlan and or any fight doesn't go or round props, but uh, I'm sure you could enlighten me. Yeah, Quinlan right now sitting at a minus 230. Jason Witt's plus 185. The KO for Quinlan is minus 115. Um, fight doesn't go is sitting at minus 220. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think this is a better fight than people think, but I think Jason Witt is going to sort of come and get KO'd. I don't hate the stab on the second round if you're really trying to uh, get some plus money and you don't want to lay the chalk on the minus 115 KO. I think second round KO is live. In every Jason Wood fight, I think he's live in the first round because ultimately he is going to rush you to get that takedown. I said the same thing when he fought Philip Rowe. I think I took Philip Rowe at whatever plus 180 or something after the first round because that's what Jason Wood does. He takes people down, but second round he always comes in a little bit slower a little bit sloppier and ends up getting clipped because he can't push for the takedown same way he could in the first but as you said at some point in the time josh is going to clip him josh's striking looks on point his grappling is also very good if you watch his regional scene tape and um yeah i feel like regardless where this fight takes place josh is going to win it's just a matter of when he's going to find that chin okay so we're on the same page with that one I mean, a lot of these are pretty pretty clear-cut as far as the win condition, and, and the percentages are so high, you almost have to even roll with it. It's just hard to find where you're going to get your, your meat on the bone with uh, some of these scraps. Um, next fight in the card, we have Corey McKenna against Miranda Granger. Um, I know Miranda Granger is coming off of a pretty long layoff. How long has it been now? Is it it's over three years? Yeah, I think it's three years. Just over now. Because she had a kid, right? Yeah, okay. And I mean, her last her last victories over Ashley Yoder, um, Amanda Lemos, which obviously that sort of that sits pretty decently right now. Um, but if we're looking at where this is like, I mean, on the feet, both girls pretty well similar. I mean, we have almost three strikes landed per minute for Granger. Um, McKenna's three point six four um, strikes landed, and they're pretty much absorbing as much as they're throwing. This is going to be likely a kickboxing match that plays out. If McKenna's smart, she may want to try to take this down to the ground. Um, and she likely will shoot at least one or two takedowns. Um, but I don't know, man. I, for me, this is something I'm probably going to stay off for the most part. I see this one. McKenna's likely to play, but, I mean, coming off of three-year layoff, can Granger win a stand-up battle? Potentially. Um, you may want to look at, like, a split decision if you want to mess around with it. But I'm just there's not really anything that's pointing me in direction definitively. Um, so this is a, ultimately a stay off for me. Yeah. Um, I'll start with the dog on this one. Like, not a heavy take. Sure. Once again, it's women's MMA. It's not really my forte. The thing that gets me is Corey McKenna, she's young 
and she's born in 1999. Like, Jesus. Yeah, she's fucking young, man. Um, and there's a 10-inch reach advantage for Miranda. Like we saw with Corey in her fight against Lisa uh, Reed, kind of a lot of poor fight IQ, right? Like with Lisa Reed, she had a clear advantage on the feet, and Corey McKenna didn't really shoot for the takedowns like she could. Whenever she started to get them, you can tell that she was the clear person who should have taken control of that fight. But she gave away those opportunities. And it's hard for me to bet people with four, poor fight IQ. It's hard for me to bet Jewish women's MMA lines. Um, they both, whatever, land roughly about the same strikes per minute. Um, McKenna tends to absorb more strikes per minute. And she only shoots, as you said, like one takedown per fight. And that to me, that's worrisome. So I'll start with the dog on this one. And it'll just be a small play on my part, but I will take her by decision at plus 300. I think there's a lot of value on that play. Okay. I think this fight's definitely going three rounds, but I'm not like Corey McKenna by decision is plus 145. And I think that's really subjective to the fact that she's going to shoot takedowns, which she hasn't shown in her last couple of fights that she has the intelligence to go out there and push a grappling heavy game plan. Okay. All right, next fight on the card, we have Myra Bueno Silva against Stephanie Edgar. Um, this fight is likely going to play on the feet, um, at least for a little bit in the beginning, and you're going to likely see Stephanie Edgar try to close that distance down and close that distance down, get in on the hips and try to get uh, Silva down to the ground and, and get into a dominant situation. Silva slick with her submissions as well, too, but if Edgar can get into a top situation and just start landing some strikes... Um, I don't know if she's going to get her out of there, but she could definitely win some big moments in the fight and potentially win a decision. Um, I know that a lot of people are actually even looking at Silva. Uh, Silva's dog right now. What's the line sitting at currently? Uh, so the line's flipped since last time. Like last time I looked at this line, uh, Egger was actually the dog. But right now, Stephanie Egger's a minus 125 and plus 105 on Silva. Yeah, so I mean, there is some uh, sub potential for Silva on the ground, depending on how it would land, how they would land or, um, you know, if it's a, a little bit of a scramble or, or situations like that. But for me on the feet, um, if we're looking at it, Silva is going to want to try to keep this at distance and just try to land as much volume as possible. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I'm going to lean on Edgar. I think Edgar is going to get this to, to the ground and win some big, um, you know, moments on the ground, smashing Silva. And uh, I'm going to lean with uh, Stephanie Edgar in this one. Yeah, uh, I'm going to lean this fight probably goes to decision. Um, <laughs> like, it's going to be closely contested. And, and honestly, this just seems like a type of fight that regardless of who you bet on, you're probably going to end up on the wrong side of it. I think the grappling is fairly even. The striking is going to be fairly even. Edgar is probably a little bit more live to get it done if she can get a sub. But, like, once again, it's... It's going to be close, and I think, like you should in a lot of these uh, fights, is just bet the over. Like, I don't see there being really a heavy win condition on each one of their sides. So, or even it's as you gonna, said in last fight, split decision. It's going to be a case of Edgar sort of throwing a little bit less volume, trying to close that distance down and take her down. If she can manage to take her down with some strikes over the course of three rounds, then she's likely going to win with some, some strikes, strike volume on the ground. Um, if she doesn't and she's kept at bay, she's probably going to get tagged up on the feet. And I'm, I'm with you on that. You can go splitty either way. And I uh, don't really know how this one plays out. But uh, I'll still lean Edgar. I think she's going to be able to take, get some takedowns in. But, yeah, not a hot take because th th this is a pretty 
a pretty hard card. We'll just say that. We'll leave it there. Uh, All right. So if we were to look at if you could actually put together any kind of a even two person parlay, what do you think you could do? I, th I like I like uh, Brian Battle um, decision um, paired up with. What do you think? What would be a good thing to add that with? Um, so let's take a look here. What you got, Brian? Battle by points. And you can go time prop. Yeah, it's probably a good way to. Um, and I like Lipsky, man. Lipsky minus 185. That line's jumped since we started this podcast. <laughs> she was a minus 171 whenever we started this. Now she's a minus 185. Well, what's, um, is there any podcast that have been released today? I'm sure somebody's podcast probably made that line move. Definitely not ours. Dogger Pass comes out today, so. Oh, uh, okay. They probably moved a lot. There you go. Um, yeah, you put the two together. It's plus seven, uh, plus one seven seven. So it's not a bad look. I think you could throw Luke in there too, and it's probably a good way to tackle it with Luke being a minus one ninety. It gives you plus three twenty three. It's a good look. Okay. Um, another spot I definitely like is actually, and it, it is lower level, but it's more just exposing Usman. Um, I think that Usman's gonna lose, plain and simple. I think I, I just don't see him landing that that big shot. I don't see him really holding and, and getting any dominant positions um, against uh, Pioga. I, I think that he's gonna get outstruck on the feet and eventually get put out to pasture, and hopefully we don't see him again. Because I don't know if the level's there. I don't mean to run some hate, but it's just I hate when people get brought into the UFC when I know there's guys that work their ass off. You know, they're working their ass off, and they're actually stringing together some solid wins. And uh, you get, you know, little brothered in. So, uh, I don't know. Anyways, what am I hating for? It's good for everybody to get a shot and make some money, right? But either way, I'm gonna, I think that's a, a spot to exploit. Um, I like the little little sneaky parlay that we have. Stay off the Sam Alvey fight. Don't touch it. Um, and Jason Wick getting dustified, I think that's definitely something that we could look at. So um, any other thoughts that you have um, before we close this down? Uh, no, man, like I think we kind of hit the nail on the head. Things are looking up in the MMA world. This is kind of the last of not like the crappier cards, but the, there's been some tricky ones over the last couple of weeks, a lot of last-minute replacements, that type of stuff. So we get through this card, then we have the Usman card coming up, and the fights start to pick back up again and more of a favorable situation. So, yeah, this just remember there's – 13 fights on the card, man. You don't have to bet every single one of them. No, and even as you listen to us or anybody else you listen to, you already sort of have your spots that you like. You're not listening to us or anybody else to, to mimic the exact picks that we're going through. You're looking to find a couple of spots to be reaffirmed or you're looking to find something sneaky that you didn't see. And uh, hopefully that's what we can bring week to week is maybe find that little angle that you maybe you didn't see yourself or reaffirm some of your spots. Um but, you know, just don't follow me on a dog play like Anthony Smith because you'll get your, your leg fractured and, uh, you know, that, that's how that play goes down. Man, that one hurt. Um, I thought he was going to tag him. Anyway, uh, we will we'll move forward into uh, next week. I look forward to some of the, the next fights coming up. I love Dana White Tender Series. We've got Bo Nickel coming up as well, too. So hopefully we can actually maybe even get some info out on, on the Dana White Contender Series for next week. I know we haven't touched that yet this season. Um, but we've been winning, so maybe we should share. Um, for 
Nick Eagle, I'm Callum McGregor, Don't Tap Podcast. Um, you know, if you're still listening after we're we're coming up to a year, I think, or pretty close on a year now, you must like it. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Let's go! Let's go!